This is Paul Nobles from Eat Reform, and I am going to do this special kind of quick hitter podcast on why we store bodily fat, because I think that there's a lot of misconceptions out there, and I think I can sort of hammer things home for people to make some sense out of all this. And so when you think of the basics, I think most people kind of know this type of stuff, but um, they don't necessarily kind of put all the pieces together um, in the correct way and so what ends up happening is they come up with like an incorrect conclusion and and like all conclusions part of it might be right some of it might be wrong and ultimately you've got to try to find that balance and so when your body is storing fat it's basically doing so as a measure of protection, you know, so that you can survive in periods of deprivation. And so I think we're going to come back to that later, but that is the most important part of this conversation is that your body is storing fat to get ready for a period of deprivation. So when we talk about calorie balance and we talk about trying to find a sweet spot where you're getting better as an athlete, the reason why we're doing so is because as an athlete, you want to adapt to the stimulus. And so if you are doing something like CrossFit, you're trying to get better for reps, for time, all these different things that kind of represent the baseline of what makes you good at CrossFit. Same thing can be said for powerlifting, running, you know, all these different things. And food is a big component of that. Certainly there's some level of calorie equation. I think the critics would argue that calories are somewhat incorrect. And I would say that that is sort of a red herring because even though it's imperfect, there are a lot of imperfect things that we use to measure success. And I would argue that a scale is something that we would use, um, you know, activity trackers as an example. They're not perfect, but they do provide you kind of a general ballpark that gives you some idea on where, you know, the calories that you're outputting on a daily basis and then how you can sort of use that um, as it relates to how much you're eating. And that's why I think, you know, we're going to cover a little bit of if you have a tracker and that tracker is saying 2,700, but you're constantly eating 2,200 and you're wondering why you can't lose fat, I would argue that the evidence is actually right in front of you. And so we'll talk a little bit about more of that, that a little bit more in a second. The part of the adaptation that you're trying to do with CrossFit, with running, with powerlifting, is you're trying to get better at the, that sport by making those energy systems better and also, you know, kind of affecting your lean tissue one way or the other. So as an example, um, a lot of marathoners might be relatively smaller frame people. They actually will hold on to 
fat a little bit more because once again, their body's trying to protect them. And so the idea that you can just like, you know, do a bunch of cardio and, uh, you know, eat a very small amount of food that you, your body will ultimately um, downregulate to protect you. And so, you know, if you look at most runners who do it well, they have figured out kind of a good balance for what works for them that allows them to thrive as an athlete, but they're not necessarily going to gain a bunch of weight. They're also not going to be super muscular, right? So if you look at somebody like a, like a CrossFitter or a, a, a bodybuilder, powerlifter, they tend to be more muscular because that's what their sport requires. And so when we talk about trying to real, you know, reach an aesthetic goal, I think what we have to realize is the tools that you need to use. And I, I would actually argue that most of us would benefit from some combination of all of them, which sounds a little bit like CrossFit. I have to say, you know, I'm not a huge believer in that. Um, I like that idea. I like that as a component for um, some people's programming. But once again, it sort of depends on, on what your goals are. But, you know, let's be honest, for this, for the sake of this discussion, we're talking about looking good naked, having an aesthetic that is appealing to both you and the opposite sex or the same sex. That sort of depends on how that works for you. Um, in terms of how body fat is measured in a lab, the more athletic people are known to use body fat more efficiently than people who are less athletic. That's not a judgment. That is basically how they measure um, athleticism using VO2 max in a scientific lab. And so when we talk about what's the end game, the problem with reduction as your end game is that it doesn't allow you to thrive as a species. We've evolved to thrive and be more capable. As we become less capable, we, you know, become more susceptible to disease. Our immune system gets weakened. As we get older, we break hips and then we pass away. You know, that's obviously a little bit of a general generalization, but what I'm really sort of pointing out is that for us to continue reaching aesthetic goals, performance goals, you know, things of that nature, I'm not arguing that there would never be an opportunity for eating at a deficit as it, as it relates to, uh, you know, using stored bodily fat. But it really is a defense mechanism for your body. So, you know, 
when you're in need of you know fuel or a fuel source you have it available and all of the pieces of your body can be used you know sort of as a as a fuel source your body can break down fat you can break down tissue you know it can use obviously carbohydrates for energy and so when we talk about how we've evolved as a species you know really the whole point of who you are as a human being is to thrive and to ignore calories as a big component to that you know is sort of missing the overall point but but really when we look at it and we think what is the answer the answer a lot of people are coming with to mobilize stored bodily fat you know and once again could this work absolutely there's there's parts of every you know you could show me any scientific data and i could show you an instance where it probably would work but you sort of get to a point of diminishing returns with virtually everything and as a species we're not meant to be deprived all of the time and so if you know from a scientific standpoint when you look at a fitbit or any of these fitness trackers or anything like that what they're telling you is is that is the calorie number that your body would like to consume to thrive and so you know is your metabolism there well it sort of depends you know how long have you been dieting what's you know your process but if all you do is snuggle up and 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 i just have to qualify this because every single time i have these conversations somebody takes it out of context i run i do cardio i do high intensity activity i am not against cardio what i'm against is constantly using the same hammer to go after the same nail and when we're talking about you know eating less and we're talking about using cardio to break down tissue at the end of the day you get to a point of diminishing returns and if you looked at you know body fat as a a number right and let's say that you are a 200 pound male and you were 20% and you wanted to get to 10% well the problem is is that you know you could do the math and go well that's 20 pounds if i'm get to 180 well it sort of depends on your approach if you didn't keep enough hypertrophy you know muscle um, maintenance type of stuff into your routine you could lose 20 pounds but only lose you know a certain percentage of that as fat and so that's really what we're we're talking about at eat to perform and what we're talking about you know is the way that the human species has evolved and when you look at where we are as it relates to consumption people will often point to the fact that we don't have active jobs and ultimately that's a big contributor why we need to eat less i would make the opposite argument i would say that if we could make moving more of a priority and specifically you know some level of cardio but also make resistance training when you look at 
if you go into like your average everyday big box gym, right? All the cardio pieces are being used. A lot of the weight machines, things of that nature aren't being used. I'm not arguing for one way or the other. There's a lot of people that would. I'm arguing for some level of moderation. I'm arguing for some level of moderation as it relates to food. But when you ask yourself, what's the end game for me? How do I end up looking in the mirror and being, you know, you know, a certain aesthetic that I would like? I mean, I think there's a mental component to that. You know, we've done a bunch of podcasts on that. We'll do more podcasts on that. But that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is having a goal, reaching that goal. It's very rare that you're going to have a goal and reach that goal by just nailing the hammer harder. And the problem that I think a lot of people have with what I'm saying is that it's somewhat imprecise. And I would argue that, yes, it is somewhat imprecise and that's why it works, you know, because if you look at someone that took a formula and they did that formula and they got a specific result, the problem is, is that your body's going to adjust to that over time, you know, and your body can, you know, like I said, if, if you have a Fitbit and you're body saying that you're supposed to be eating 2,700, but you're eating 2,200 and you're not losing weight, well, your body basically down-regulated to the amount of food that, that you're eating. If you look at some of the best athletes on the planet, not all of them eat an excessive amount of food. They do in periods. Um, I was talking to a professional athlete recently, and he said, you know, man, um... The good majority of the time I work out and then I just don't really feel like eating all that much. But then I just have one day and just everything, you know, inside I eat. And I said, how would your work capacity benefit if you had more consistent energy throughout those other days where you weren't eating rather than trying to just make up a deficit in one day, right? And so when we talk about mobilizing stored bodily fat, if you just look at down, you're likely never going to get to that end game. If you look at the way that, you know, stored bodily fat is measured in a lab and how it's mobilized the fastest the answer is some level of athleticism that doesn't mean that you need to be usain bolt or rich froning or you know whoever it is that you view as as an athlete that you look towards but it does mean that you should be looking towards being the best version of whatever athletic version you are and that's not my opinion that's how we as a human species has evolved and i thought that that was going to be an Im Im important thing to to say you know i probably could have said it in 10 minutes 
it took me roughly 16 and a half, but I think you guys are sort of getting the point. And, you know, it doesn't mean, like I said, that you would never eat at a deficit. It just means that the majority of the time, if you aren't, that's the way we've evolved. And I hope that helps everybody because I think that that's kind of a stumbling point that at least a lot of new people, and I know this is something that we've been able to educate the public on, and and it's not like this information hasn't been out there for a long time. It's just a matter of, um, you know, people wanting to hear the truth, maybe, or wanting to view their journey in a little different way because they're sort of stuck, you know, kind of doing the same thing and then landing in the same spot. So I hope that helps everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later.